Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 135 with my friend, Kent Morton. I have quite a weird history with Kent that I get into here in the beginning. Um, and I'm, I'm just excited for you guys to listen to it. And also, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, I turned 40 yesterday. What a fun, what a fun time. If you want to read more about my thoughts on turning 40, head over to justinlam.substack.com and you can read all about it. Extra, extra, read all about it. But that's not why we're here. We're here to talk to my friend, Kent Morton. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold you back anymore. Did you think the theme song was going right there? I almost put it there and I decided I'm going to say one more time. Without any further ado, here's my friend, Kent Morton. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? Oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> hi. Hi, Kent. Thanks for doing hi. this. Do you remember? So I don't think I actually asked you to do this. I don't think. Well, um, or I might have like over the phone. I don't know. Cause I, there was when you were like breaking up with your ex. <laughs> oh yeah. You, you had, um, you told me you thought about it, but then like I went through a messy breakup and you were like, maybe not the right time. Yeah. 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 I've had someone, uh, I won't say who, especially since I already hit record, but someone that like literally quit doing drugs like drugs uh like a week prior and like i want to be on your show and talk about it. it's like hey buddy <laughs> like yeah maybe take a little time <laughs> like what <laughs> give yourself more than a week oh my god maybe give it a little more time but yeah <laughs> but yeah so it's funny that your sister mentioned this <laughs> uh well okay i was talking with her Okay, so obviously, it's now no secret. I've been through a messy breakup recently. And uh, well, okay, it's almost been two years. Um, but it was very messy. Um, and after that, I started going to therapy. And I was just talking to my little sister. I, I know we had talked because you know, you were helping me with some podcasting stuff. And I brought up that I was talking to you about therapy. And you were like, Oh, it's a good idea to like, write stuff down and be like, okay, these are things I had priorly worked on with my therapist. And then when you start seeing someone new, be like, okay, these are things I would like to continue to work on. Yeah. Um, and she was like, uh, oh yeah, I, I keep having to cancel on his <laughs> podcast. And so I was like, oh, hey, now what the fuck just, <laughs> <laughs> and so I brought it up this time and you were like, yeah, I was gonna ask you, but there was that that very messy breakup. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I, I'm glad we've circled back. Cause so the cause this is funny. So this is very unique. I think more more than anyone else. Because I start out with how I know people typically, right? Okay. And we met in high school. Mm-hmm. I'm not a hundred percent sure when like when where how we started hanging out if it was just like a Derek and michelle situation or if we were hanging out prior to that i think it had to have been just a Derek and michelle situation but the funny thing for me is like this is where i think you're in a category of your own as as far as people Sweet. i know um we were <laughs> hanging out like that group got pretty close and yeah like a lot of great memories from like the last couple of years of my high school and, and and absolutely with you and, and a bunch of other people and then i start dating this girl whose sister's married to your brother so then yeah. all of a sudden like two years later i'm like hanging out with your whole family on a level i was never hanging out with them when we were friends like prior to that well, and, and then, like you helped you helped uh move my brother down to north carolina uh -huh. and i was at their wedding in laguna beach and like i forgot you came to the wedding yeah because i actually I was like about to move out there and I was out there with my now ex Jenna. And, and, uh, so like I, yeah, I became very involved with like your family for a couple of years. And yeah. that, so that was funny and strange. And, uh, yeah, then, you know, 
life happened. <laughs> so, yeah. And here we are. And we got to do a couple little uh, reunions, reunion Zooms during the pandemic. That was fun. For sure. We, the, um, it was a fun time getting together for the Dawson's Creek night Zoom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but that's, that's the short version of our history. And I have a bunch of questions I don't know the answer to I already thought about that directly okay. have to do with your family and, and growing up because you have how many siblings do you have total four oh, well okay <laughs> i am one of four okay so two older one younger yeah you were in uh kelly's class yeah i know kyle who's the other older carla's the oldest okay i think she's 46 right now okay um so she would have graduated long before but you um, guys do you guys all have the same parents no so actually okay. uh this is where i got confused yeah <laughs> I was like, and that was last names are different and i was like well, i never knew the answer to that question that was confusing for a lot of people in high school <laughs> not just because we had different last names but because my other siblings were like cool and popular and I was like the nerdy one. Look who, look who you're talking to, Ken. Look who you're talking to. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So uh, we sh all share the same mom. Okay. Uh, Carl and Kyle have a different dad, and that's where the Russell comes from. Got it. Um, yeah. And then was that dynamic between your older siblings and you and your sister different at all? Like, were they seeing their like what at what age were you? Did you have a full understanding? Like. Oh, like half siblings, but not um, like so my dad was was really good about like treating us all kind of equally. I mean, <laughs> well, so like I have cousins that I refer to as cousins that aren't like technically related to me in any way. Yeah. Um, so like uh, my cousin Brian is a Russell. Um, we share no blood relation, but like, you know, um, his kids call me uncle Ken, like, uh, it's, we, they've just always been around. Um, and so like our families are pretty integrated and they were okay. pretty good about that. But I remember, um, I was at a bachelor party for actually that same cousin. I think it was Brian. It was either Brian or Brad, um, their brothers. Uh, and, uh, I met an uncle that, uh, on Kyle's side that I had never met before. His name's Ted and he was like oh you know i've met your sister and i was like which one and he was like how many sisters do you have and i was like carl and kelly and he was like no i've met your real sister and i was like i have to like i got indignant about it because like we we're all close like my siblings are my best friends like i mean that's maybe that's cliche to say or whatever but like they're all good people um and like uh you know we any one of us would take a bullet for the other like we were all raised together. So like, I, I don't know a life without like Carl and Kyle in it. Yeah. You would never get either of them to call me like a half sibling. Yeah. And I, I never got that impression. I think, which is what created as like an outsider, like more of that confusion. I was like, what, what's going on here? I'm trying to figure this out. Cause well, and with actually, the different last you, names and everything. You would have met quite a few of the Russells then. Yeah, I uh, was not sober by any means yeah. during those years. Yeah, um, for sure. And I was definitely uh, in my own world of trying to like seek approval from Jenna's parents at the time. So I definitely had a very, very shallow tunnel vision uh, when I was intertwined with your family. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but there would have been a lot of those cousins at that wedding. Yeah. Um, so you would have met Brian and Brad, actually. So, all right, let's, let's rewind, go back in time. You born and raised, uh, in Michigan. Yes. Yeah. So I, uh, I guess I was born in like Southfield. My family oh, okay. was in Royal Oak at that time and they moved to Clarkston when I was around five ish. Okay. So most of your memories start in Clarkston. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember much outside of, out of Clarkston. What's uh? cause you're do you identify as a middle child? Cause you're kind of, um, I like to tell people, <laughs> I, I like to tell people I have modified middle child syndrome. Cause <laughs> I'm like technically a firstborn, but also a third born. Yeah. 
Um, and so I think that I get my own category of neuroses from that. Fair enough. What does that <laughs> translate to, uh, in your childhood? Like, what do you, what do you, what's your relationship like with your siblings, with your parents and stuff in those early years, like before you get to um, junior high and stuff? I mean, Kyle and I were two years apart. So like when we were younger, there's always a lot of competition. Um, and like, you know, Kyle was the, the, um, athletic one and, like I was the computer nerd. So it's like, there really wasn't reason for us to be in competition for anything. I also like that. It took us like 15 minutes to figure out zoom for me. And I was back like, you know, as a, I re now have referred to myself as a computer nerd. Um, and you know, Carla was the oldest. So she, I mean, we have a lot of childhood memories together and everything, but she was up when I was younger, um, she was a teen and she was out doing her own thing. Really. Yeah. Most of my childhood is spent with Kelly. There was a while there when I told Kelly, she was going to be my best man at my wedding, uh, <laughs> you know, go against gender norms and whatnot. Yeah. I just thought it'd be fun. But yeah, as far as that goes, I mean, Kyle and I had the most competition, but there really shouldn't have been much, uh, most of my younger years, like I said, Carl's out doing her own thing and Kelly and I were just always kind of together. Four kids um, is a full house. What uh what do your parents do for work when you're a kid? Um, my dad was a salesman. He sold like telephone systems. It, not telephones, like it, it used to be like yeah. the whole systems that you use. The Maritex like business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Like he actually, the phone system in the Chrysler Tech Center. Oh, nice. Um, that was his account, stuff like that. So uh -huh. um, he was in telecommunications for like 40 years. Um, and he actually, I mean, he did really well for himself. So he was actually. Uh, VP of two different companies at a certain point nice. in his life. Not at the same time. What about your mom? Is she working or is she staying at home with you guys? So my mom stayed home when we were younger, um, but only until I was like maybe six or seven. Okay. Like, um, and then she, uh, what she did was she worked real estate for a while. Um, she was actually, she taught fair housing uh, like for realtors Oh, interesting. Um, and then she quit that after a couple of years. And then she worked at the secretary of state for a while after that. And that was mostly through high school and everything. Oh, I probably saw her so much. I used to just break cars and go through them. Like I literally would recognize people at secretary of state. Um, yeah. Also because my friend Katrina's mom worked there. Um, um, her time working there, it was my absolute favorite thing that has ever happened because I could just walk into the secretary of state and I always got like, um, like, you know, the cut to the front of the line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cut to the front of the line passes. And so like every time you have to go to the secretary of state, I just immediately got in and out. Nice. Um, it was great. Yeah. For those uh, out of state listeners, that's the DMV some places <laughs> and it's the worst. Um, I'm curious because the way you describe your dad's job, I think in like maybe like a two kid household, you're looking at more like upper class. But did you identify as like middle? Because four kids, that's probably expensive. No, my dad did pretty well for himself, honestly. Okay. Like, and I, I tell people my dad's kind of like um, the American dream. Like he was, you know, he grew up in Detroit. Um, really wasn't like a, a, uh, wealthy area and yeah. his dad made like, you know, worked for a phone company. Um, but you know, when my, uh, when my mom married my dad, she, he had two kids. So he was like, and he was 100% commission. So his entire salary was based on him selling stuff at the time when he first got it. So he just was like super motivated to not fail. Yeah. Um, because he was like, if, uh, like, you know, before he was like, I'd rather just play volleyball with people. And then he started dating a woman with two kids and he was like, uh, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta succeed or like these kids will die. Yeah. Kids will, uh, shift your priorities. I hear. Yeah. Um, so then what's, what's going on? Like once you start getting in junior high, like social life and developing your own personality, what does that look like? Um, 
God. I actually just talked about this today. There's like a, a large part of me that's like um, developed just like from trying to relate to people. Like, uh, um, like I used to never pay attention to any sports. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm like a huge Red Wings and Lions fan now unfortunately (laughs) but like all my friends were into those things and so and like it just becomes part of you and i was like how did that even happen yeah and i'm obviously projecting a lot of stuff here because i did a lot of that stuff i mean early aol days and like spending time on the computer and doing uh i did everquest for a short minute when it first came out and uh that combined with like genesis and shit in the beginning, I feel like it was good for social life. Your friends would come over, you all play Mortal Kombat and kill each other and shit. Yeah. But then, like, it can easily branch into, like, isolation. Extreme <laughs> isolation. Yeah. yeah. So what does that look like as you're uh, becoming, like, a teenager and, and developing social lives? <laughs> oh, I'm well, I mean, it kind of did both. Because <laughs> <I, laughs> it was GameCube days, so, you know, obviously everyone wanted to come over and play Goldeneye, but I was a PC gamer, so I sucked at Goldeneye. I sucked at Goldeneye. And yeah, I was so bad at Goldeneye. Should be a fucking support group for people that are bad at Goldeneye. <laughs> All your friends are just like, what are you like killing you constantly? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, like uh yeah, it does cause some isolation because you can easily, you know, with some of those older games, you can easily bleed away a weekend and not do anything. Um but yeah, I mean, it it does get you out too. And like I said, with Goldeneye, I, I do need that support group. It's, it's just realizing this is a, <laughs> this is a traumatic experience in oh my, my teen years. Dude, I seriously, you know how many more friends I think I would have had if I would have been just better at Goldeneye? Because <laughs> <laughs> it got to the point where it became so popular and people would be like, yeah, come on, we're going to play Goldeneye. I would just be like, I don't know. <sighs> I don't want to do that because I'm just going to sit there. I'm going to be the one that the three of you fucking kill over and over again. That's (laughs) not fun for me. Oh my God. Um, Yeah. Uh, Oh God. Fuck golden eye. Fuck it. Fucking face. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So what, I mean, it sounds like other than that, like life's normal ish. Good. I mean, normal's relative, but like, yeah, I mean, my, teenage years i i i mean don't we all struggle with depression in our teenage years um i don't i don't i don't i don't don't know if we do (laughs) do do we not is that not normal i think if you would have asked me that a few years ago i'd say yeah sure but no i don't i don't know i think uh i've heard too many stories otherwise to to think that everybody does i think everyone goes through their own shit but when qualifying it as depression, I think is for us, us awesome folks instead. Of course. Um, no, I mean, yeah, everything was pretty good. Like I, I've always been a horribly awkward person. So like, I just, but I'm, been, I'm like what I call an introverted extrovert. Yeah. Um, so like, I'm really good at just making friends. Cause I will just start talking to people. Um, but uh, my social battery drains pretty quickly. Yeah. And so like it became kind of a notorious thing for me, even in like vet school to just like, uh, you know, turn into a pumpkin and take off in the middle of an event because I was like, eh, I'm done with this. Need to get out of here. Um, so uh, I had a lot of good people though in high school around me that were able to like help me stay out of my shell oh. um my social battery was a little bit longer lasting then <laughs> did you find it because i wonder and again like i think i'm projecting this for myself but like the smaller more intimate circles like when we were hanging out and that group of people like it was it was just kind of easier than like the bigger crowds yeah. or more diverse yeah i did find like smaller more intimate circles are always just a little easier for me yeah yeah so this is where you graduate you went to central right yeah i went to central michigan what was the plan there and was that always the expectation like all the kids are going to college when they graduate high school 
Yeah, I mean, that's our generation, right? Yeah. Get a degree in anything because you need a degree and all our parents told us that and then now they're ragging on us for getting degrees in anything. I mean, I graduated with a 1.9 and... <laughs> and so I, I that was not on my initial radar. Yeah, but that was... I mean, my dad was big into like just get your degree just get your degree what's what's the initial plan there um so my initial degree was in broadcast and cinematic arts with a minor in marketing i actually worked in advertising after school for a little bit what Um, was the draw there like what drew like why did you want to do that initially um it was fun like uh i started working at the college radio station um I still keep in touch with a lot of the people that I met there because like I just it was kind of very similar to the high school group. Um we went to like a conference in New York together um for broadcasting and stayed at a hostel. We're out till 4 a.m. <laughs> sure. It was it was just a good group. Um and yeah, like so I just was having fun with it and it's like, you know, I got to take film classes because uh, that's part of the cinematic arts part of the degree. Yeah. Um, so I took like modern horror films and we watched like Psycho and, oh, we watched Halloween on Halloween. It's so um, funny to me. Like, it's such a weird. So Scream 2 comes to mind, right? Because yeah. she's at college and the beginning is like they're in a film class and they're specifically uh-huh. talking about horror movies. And I didn't think actual film classes that like specifically were about horror movies existed. And now you're telling me this and it's <laughs> kind of blowing my mind. Cause that's like, what? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was in that class. <laughs> that's crazy. What's your like social romantic, like is college college good to you outside of this, that small group of people? Yeah. Uh, yeah. After my second semester, at, at uh, Central, I wisely put myself into a long distance relationship, and but we dated for seven years. Oh wow! Yeah, so after that, we did. I refer to her as my big ex, although I was engaged to one. So, <laughs> like, I think that's probably the bigger ex. But so, uh, you're with her throughout most of college. Yeah. You graduate. Is that long distance the whole time? Most of it. She'd come up on weekends. I'd go home a, a couple of weekends every now and again. What does that look like once you graduate? Um. Well, so after I graduated, I was living with my parents and she lived with her parents and they were just down the road. So it was pretty easy. I, like I said, I worked in advertising for a little bit yeah. and like just really wasn't digging it. Um, so I went back to my high school job, which was at the palace, um, like waiting suites in the palace. Can you, can we just like ruminate there for a second? I'm curious, yeah. like what the mindset is you go to school, you do like this four years, whatever you get this degree, you start working in that field and then you're like, eh, and you go back to the job you had in high school where are you at like mentally with that decision? Cause that's gotta be like a, Oh fuck. Like that's, <laughs> it's a tough pill to swallow. I won't lie, but like it was great. Cause you made a boatload of money. I remember uh, Bob Seeger played four shows in the middle of the NBA playoffs. So my seats were loaded every night I worked and there was nights I was leaving with like four or $500 like uh, after tips. And you still made um, like, it wasn't one of the, the shitty serving jobs where you still make hourly. You still make, (laughs) yeah, I still made like, I think like $14 an hour. So you're leaving the field you went to school for. You're Mm -hmm. back back at that job. You're making much money doing it, but uh, are you still dating Danielle at that time too? Yeah, Danielle and I were still dating at that time. And you're still living at home the whole time, right? Yeah, I'm still living at home. What's the, how long does all that last? The job, Um, the Danielle and everything. So I quit those jobs. I was probably about 20, I I was 25. 
Um, cause Danielle and I, that was the year that we moved to Australia for a little bit. What? I yeah, didn't even you didn't know, I didn't know you lived in Australia. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. So how the, how the fuck does that come up? <laughs> so there was like this program and my little sister turned me on to it, but like, I wasn't doing anything. So I was just like, like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with my life? Like, I mean, I'm t- like a quarter of a century year old and I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm working at the same job I was in high school. I've got 30 grand in student loan debt, which is such a cute number right now. Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. And uh, like, what am I supposed to do? And they were just like, this program was, uh, God, I can't even re- remember what it was called. Um, but like you could get $2,000, um, in your bank account. And uh, if you could afford a ticket, you could fly to a couple different countries for six months to a year. Um, and and Australia was one of them. What, but what, for what, what are you doing? Why are they paying you? What are you doing there? (laughs) Oh, oh, so I, uh, worked for the Randwick city council, which is just a suburb outside of, um, Sydney. Um, and I sold pews for a uh, like church pews. <laughs> I've never told you any of this. This is like the only time my life is interesting. <laughs> First, I disagree. Second, this this sounds like a fucking Nigerian prince scam that just like wasn't a scam. Like you got an email being like, I was, we want to give you $2,000 to come to our country and sell church pews for the city. Council. Okay. So, so <laughs> that's where, that's where the disconnect is here. You had to save $2,000. You had to, to like sign up for the program. You needed to have two grand in your bank account. You'd needed to be able to prove that because they didn't want you to go over to Australia and be like, well, okay. I'm here in bankrupt. I'm just living on the street. Um, that's still, I just like <laughs> that's, it, it seems so crazy. <laughs> I, it, it worked out. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we went down, uh, I guess, literally down, down under. to Australia, Australia <laughs> for a while. Um, and uh, like, but after, uh, a certain amount of time you converted your work visa to a backpackers visa. Um, and like, this is before the advent of GPS, right? This yeah. is like almost 15 years ago, but, uh, like 5,000 backpackers go missing every year in Australia. Oh, great. But like people don't really understand it's massive. Like it's the same size as the continental United States, Yeah. but there's only like 30 million people so like and they're all on the one all, coast right <laughs> yeah most of them are on the east coast and the west coast has a couple small like cities but yeah. for the large part the bulk of it is uh just kind of uninhabited um and like you can go forever and not see a gas station it's also desert you, you know people are like okay well i ran out of gas no one's gonna come by in the next, so I'm going to just walk until I find something. And then they never find, and you'd go into hostels and they'd have like, uh, um, missing people, backpackers, like their credit card was last used here. Jeez. Um, if anyone has any information, cause you contact this number. Um, I'm sure it's better now. Uh, that stats from when I was there. So again, it's a 15 year old stat, but yeah. like there's so much more technology, what if it's but, uh, just like the most notorious serial killer ever? It's just this guy in Australia. It's like <laughs> just finding up to 5, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every year he goes 5,000 different backpackers. He is busy. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is your host, Justin Lamb. And if you're ready to thrive and survive, head over to wellbeingbrewing.com. They're the home of the non-alcoholic beers you love. Without that alcohol that stings, but with that flavor that burns into your subconscious, because it's delicious. Check out wellbeingbrewing.com. You can use code FRIENDREQUEST to save 10% on your order. That's right. Head over to wellbeingbrewing.com and use code FRIENDREQUEST. 
to check out and save 10% on your order. Don't like alcohol? You don't have to. Get drunk too much and now you want to quit drinking? This is the place for you. Do you want to split up that six-pack with three non-alcoholic beers and three regular beers, but also have them all taste really good? Wellbeingbrewing.com. Use code FRIENDREQUEST at checkout to save 10%. See you there. But Australia is also like America in the 50s is where, like, you know, things close on Sunday. Yeah. And like, whole towns will be closed down. Um, so, like, Danielle and I had to drive out to this area called Port Lincoln because they had a uh, shark diving there hmm. like in the it, Neptune Islands so that you can get on a boat That's they'll crazy. take you out to the middle of the Neptune Islands and you can go cage diving with the great white and I, I, yeah so I found that out and I was like uh, super excited because yeah. I'm obsessed with great whites um so we like had to look at a map could you, could you actually read a map today yes. like, i don't think i could <laughs> yeah. I that don't was think... my favorite thing to do when i was like 19 is i would just get in my car at like three in the morning and just start driving <laughs> and yeah i'd have the maps folded up in my glove box and like after a few hours i'd pull over in a rest stop or something and see where the hell I was from like the mile marker and then be like, okay, I need to go that direction. <laughs> I loved it. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't think I could do it, but we would stop at like the bigger dots on the map Yeah, because we were like, okay, this is a big dot. They have to have like a gas station that we can use. And sometimes you'd pull into that town and uh, yeah, they'd everything would be shut down and, you'd be like, Oh, what the fuck do we do now? And I mean, Danielle and I are both horribly anxious people. So like if the gas tank even got close to like half a tank, we're like freaking out. Yeah. And, um, out there. I imagine that's a pretty understandable. <laughs> yeah. How long are you in Australia? A little less than a year. Okay. Yeah. Does it feel like a little less than a year or where does it? Oh like no. It time? felt like it, it, like I would have stayed longer. Yeah. I would, if I could, I would have moved there. Like, uh, yeah. And I was, my brother was pregnant. Like his wife was pregnant. My brother wasn't actually pregnant. So like my, uh, first niece was about to be born. So I was like, you know, I don't want to live literally half the world across from my family for, for a $27 an hour job. Yeah. Um, which is great money, but. And, and are you, did you guys, did you and Danielle survive? As a couple the entire yeah thing? um we actually so um we actually stayed together maybe another i want to say two years after that okay we were our own worst enemies too because like so australia is honestly what got me interested in like animal medicine um because i would go to like the wildlife parks and like talk to the zookeepers and the vets there and it was just like really interesting so That's i started cool. thinking um like when I got back to the States, I was going to take some sort of science classes to become some sort of sci animal scientist. Um, and uh, like, so I moved back to the States and started working at the vet hospital of my now brother-in-law, um, brother-in-law's dad, sorry. Started taking classes again. It, that just kind of took its toll on my mental health at there for a while because i was like i never really had to work in school and then you start taking like um science classes for science majors and realize like you have to study a yeah. lot and like i really didn't know how to study and like i'm i'm really really hard on myself um about things and like i i took my first test and got a d and so like um i was just like god am i even going to be able to do this like i'm taking one class it was like 1700 dollars um you know i have a full-time job like it's going to take me forever but uh so like that took its toll on me both mentally and physically and uh, Danielle and I didn't make it through that. Um, and that's kind of what happened. That's that one's on me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, eventually I did get to uh, 
uh, figure out how to study. How long is that program that you're in? Um, and where did you go for that? So I went to Wayne State. Okay. And so I didn't really have like a program because Wayne State doesn't offer animal science classes. It's just the closest school to where I was at the time. I was in Downriver, Detroit. Okay. What do you have to do then? Is that like you said they don't like offer that program? What what do you have to do to become a vet or vet tech or whatever from there? Um, so every vet school will have their required courses and they actually kind of prefer that not everyone applying is like a, a animal science major, right? Yeah. You don't want to get all of the same people doing all the same career. Yeah. I do think my degree in broadcasting too did help a little bit. Um, cause like, you know, it's a degree in, it's a communications degree. Vets need to communicate with people. Um, I mean, it's like in the, the shittiest of circumstances. Job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, all I did was have to take like the specific science courses. I didn't have a defined major. I'm curious if we can go off on a little side road here. <laughs> I'm all about the side roads. So, well, maybe you don't, you haven't heard what it is yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned a number of times, anxiety, uh, depression, being really hard on yourself. Have you unpacked like where that stuff kind of stems from? Yes. And no, I mean, a lot of it is I'm a type a, like, I mean, that's, you know, what yeah. most doctors are. And I think we're just really naturally hard on ourselves. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of my anxiety comes from, uh, this is going to sound like a cop out, but my parents, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's, how shit works man yeah, <laughs> but but, but also, in like in what way was there like some sort of did are they anxious people like my mom for instance constantly worried about the worst case scenario every time we did something and now that i'm like i'm piecing that together i'm like oh this is why i can play those things out in my head so this is actually kind of funny to me is that like uh i am like i mean i already told you about how i setting things up for this i was like okay i am here 10 minutes early i'm downloading zoom and that all because i'm anxious that i was going to be get into the middle of something yeah and start like and just forget about it um and i still somehow managed to fuck it up <laughs> it's zoom's fault too many updates man fucking zoom um but uh like that all comes from my dad because he was a salesperson and his whole thing was like, you never want anyone waiting on you. So if uh, we went on vacation, he was like, okay, we got to be here at this time. We got to be here at this time. And like, it's a vacation dad, you're supposed to relax. Um, but uh, like now he's retired and I find it absolutely hilarious because like uh my anxiety about always being on time comes from him and he has no drive to be anywhere on a schedule <laughs> at all anymore. That's got to be infuriating. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just think it's so funny. Um, to, like as far as depression goes, like uh, I mean, all of, of our, as I've gotten older, I've gotten better about not beating myself up. Like an, a lot of um, what you go through uh, when you first become a doctor is like just imposter syndrome, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Because you're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you're going to get there next year. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going to, you know, I already feel you're... that way. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah. But that's the thing is like, um, uh, everyone um, at some point was like the lowest person in their field. Yeah. And like, but we don't get to see them grow into that. But like, I like to tell a story about Stephen King um, was at a convention. He took a job writing a calendar because he was convinced that like he, he was terrible. Like, I mean, this is, you know, probably the, the the greatest modern American art author. Yeah. 
but he was convinced his work was like never going. And so he just needed jobs and he took a job writing a calendar and it became cycle of the werewolf. And, you know, we don't get to see like those anxiety inducing moments with people like that, where they were panicked and worried that their entire life was going to be over and their entire career was done. And then we just see, you know, he's a dude who lives in Florida who has 82 different novels. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I like hearing that from like, I mean, I don't like hearing it sucks that people suffer in general, but uh, like Will Ferrell and Bill Hader talk about how they like before every show, they would get this anxiety that like, I think Bill Hader might be the one that would just like puke before almost every show, like just out of anxiety. And you're just like, but you were like the best of that group of people. It's just crazy. Like you, it's, you know, it's, it's built in man. And it's, uh, yeah, you don't think about that, but yeah, I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely get that imposter syndrome. So, so you do the, the school thing, you become a vet. What, I mean, what's the, I guess, what does that section of your life look like? Um, because I, I don't know you for much of that at all. And yeah. you're changing your career. You're living downriver. That's a whole other thing. Um, but then, then you, when do you move to St. Joe's? Like, and and when do you, like, you know, I, I don't know, fill in some blanks for me. I've, I've, I have some specific vet questions, not like, my dog's coughing, nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah. So at a certain point, the hospital was purchased by another person. So I lost my job there. And so this is like another time in my life where I moved back in with my parents. Now I'm in like my, well, late twenties. Yeah. So that was really hard to take and I won't, but my brother was really good about, um, uh, telling me to, um, like, uh, sometimes you just have to take a step back. Um, before you can take a step forward. He was just a really big cheerleader for me at that time. But my dad let me live at home. And that actually gave me a really good opportunity to like buckle down. Because like now I go back to not having any bills, right? Yeah. Um, So I really didn't have to work. And I could just study. My GPA jumped from about a 3.3 to a 3.7. Nice. Um, So like... I, I probably don't get into vet school um, without that time. But my older sister also uh, got me a job just waiting tables at the Moose Preserve. Okay. Uh, which it's a, yeah. you know, just something to make sure I had gas money and be able to pay some bills. And I was like, uh, okay, like, you know, if I'm going to do this, like the best way to do this is is to like really focus on it applied to vet schools um my first cycle and uh didn't make it um and it was like god like this is never gonna happen um and uh yeah what's the i mean what's that do you know those numbers like that rate like when you said how many schools were in the country i was like oh jesus so is it is it not there's not the demand there or it's like harder it's, to do it like what is what is the bulk? they say it's <laughs> it's um they do say it's basically harder to get into than like human medical doctor <laughs> school because yeah. there's fewer schools but there's about the same number of people applying yeah. um every school accepts about 100 candidates give oh. or take i think that number may have changed um that's just, I just that's crazy ago. But so you, so you don't get in right away. No, I didn't get in right away. And actually, um, in that time frame too, uh, Danielle's mom had actually passed and, um, like, uh, um, they had a plan. I was really close with Barb. Um, I was the only person that got to call her Barbie, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and there were a couple times too where uh um like i'd do really well on a test and like uh like <laughs> no one was as excited as i was and like daniel was like call my mom 
and she was always like so excited for me that's awesome um, that's awesome yeah. to have that and somebody um so her family invited me up to they wanted to take her ashes to a place up in a up in the up but i had like a family thing that i had to be at um and this was i had reapplied um and i got waitlisted the second time um so i applied to ross in the caribbean which ross university it's a uh for-profit vet school and went up with her family in an RV up to the UP and then rented a car around Mackinac okay. and then drove the rest of the way on my own. Cause my plan was to go down to St. Joe because my brother had started living there. Okay. So we go up there, we spread her ashes. I go to go to my family event in St. Joe and I get a flat tire on the Mackinac Bridge, and I'm like, what? yeah, so I have to drive off the Mackinac Bridge, I put on the donut, and I call Kyle, and he's like, no, like, call the company, like, don't try to drive to St. Joe on a donut, like, yeah. you know, yeah. like, if you call the company, they'll either get you a place to fix the car, or um, they'll just get you a new rental because they don't want you to be driving on the zone and damage the car. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. So I call the company and they send me to the Traverse city airport and you know, it's still 2010. So we don't have GPS on our phones yeah. yet. And the, and the Traverse city airport is like back in the woods. You're like, what road am I on? And then all of a sudden there's a yeah. fucking airport. <laughs> uh -huh. It's exactly like that <laughs> Yeah, I know. because I, <laughs> turned on the gps because they had like a yeah pay GPS for GPS. in the car yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh like uh it took me through because it's like eight o'clock at night and it's like pitch black out it took me through a back dirt road on a fucking donut with every fucking deer in michigan and like <laughs> they're like jumping out in front of me and i'm just like i am gonna uh, like I'm going to just hit a deer. I'm in the middle of nowhere. Like this is the start of my own personal horror movie. Um, I, I drive down this back road, like 25 miles the whole way. Cause I'm trying to make sure that I don't hit a deer. Um, so I get to the Traverse city airport at like 1130 midnight and it's fucking closed. <laughs> so I call Kyle again um, and he's like, uh, okay, like get a hotel room. Um, cause like Mackinac and Traverse city are not close. Yeah, no, no. Like, That's like so three hours. <laughs> yeah. I could have driven to St. Joe in that time. So he's like, get a hotel. And then like, we can still make it. Cause like the event started at noon and, uh, like they, called them in the morning. They got me a replacement and everything. I drove down there. I did make it to my family event, but then I drove back East side back to my parents' house and I was going to drop the car off there. Cause that's where the rental place was and uh, got home from that. And I got a call that I got into vet school. And so it was like, it was just a funny time because like I was bitching the entire weekend i was like you know got this stupid company fuck this fuck that and then i get home and i just couldn't have been happier like i uh yeah it was yeah. just kind of a fun time good timing <laughs> sounds like it. i'm curious so you've been a vet then for what 10 years uh like eight okay. seven or eight something like that i think i graduated 2016 okay how long is that program once you're in it? Once you're in med school? Uh, two and a half years didactic and then one clinical. Okay. So you have to do something, I feel like that is, God, it's got to be like one of the worst <laughs> interactions that a single person has to do, which is like tell people their pet's going to die <laughs> or that you have to like, yeah. how, as, 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 as a, future therapist <laughs> like how do you how do you navigate those moments and those conversations do you like just keep it clinical do you like practice empathy is it like are you numb to it now is it hard because that's like that 
I've lost my dad, my grandparents. Like that is still probably the fucking worst thing I've gone through is losing my fucking yeah. pet. So like to be that person that has to like give that fucking news. What, what's that like? Um, so first off, there are actually studies that show like losing a pet is more difficult for some people than, than losing a parent or a grandparent. Um, so you're not alone in feeling that, yeah. um, honestly, I mean, I, I hope my dad lives forever or, uh, and like, but like, sure. if he were to pass right now, like I'm all the way up in Minnesota and yeah. he's in Michigan. I don't have those constant reminders of him around. Whereas like if beauty passes, like, I mean, I've had to tell her to shut up cause she's barking and <laughs> snoring three times in this. So, I mean, I would you feel that silence right yeah and like i remember actually my dog growing up caesar he died in my freshman year at central okay he had he, okay caesar probably should have passed away like we should have had him put down a few years ago like but the problem with caesar was that there wasn't anything wrong with him he was just old and really painful because he was so arthritic like and it was just like one of those things where you're like let's we don't have to necessarily put him down he doesn't have cancer yeah. like yeah you yeah. almost wish like he had gotten like a mangiosarcoma or something yeah because like then that. you have to He's... like deal with am i being selfish and like just keeping this animal alive and yeah. its existence sucks but it's like better for me <laughs> yeah exactly so he probably should have been put down like two years before but uh i let him out um one day and it was a summer days it was between actually my freshman and sophomore year at central uh because i was home for the weekend this was actually the summer i started dating danielle um and i let him out and he went and laid in the garage um and uh my mom came home and hit him with the car oh my god <laughs> yeah what and, like but because he was so old like he couldn't stand up because my parents have wooden flooring yeah so like i and i was you know 21 maybe so like uh i was always up late but he would start barking at like 2 a.m every night and uh like it was a long time before i stopped waking up at 2 a.m because <laughs> I, I like i would still get up to like you know yeah. and like when you didn't hear him like you felt that um sorry that's a roundabout way to get to there but as far as euthanasia goes though like that's become one of my favorite parts of my job and that may sound um i don't know kind of demented and but it's probably the time where i can make like the biggest impact on someone's individual life right yeah like if i do my job right um then like i've legitimately helped a person and like you'd be surprised how many times I get thank you cards and and uh, like ugh, I've gotten presents. You get a lot of baked goods. People would be like, "I made you brownies. Thank you so much for your help." Uh, but uh, like, uh, if I do it right, like I legitimately help those people, and that's like a big thing for me. That's why we yeah. get into medicine, right? Like, you know, you want to become a therapist because you want to make people feel better yeah same thing yeah um, I, I guess that's a really great way to frame that that i hadn't really <laughs> thought about because it's yeah. it just feels like from the outside thinking about it it's like oh you have to like you must carry a lot of crap with you but i guess you're just i don't know yeah being that presence yeah well and like it, it's people have this idea that you're like somehow killing like a healthy pet, you know, yeah. like in like, you know, I'm not out there putting down puppies, right. Um, maliciously, <laughs> maliciously putting down puppies. Um, I'm putting down sick and injured animals. Like I'm not ending life. I'm uh, finishing their death. Yeah um and that's like the big thing that people don't really think about um because uh 
you know, it, it is, people don't want to be in that situation. You know, I get that. Um, but like, uh, the, the things that really, really get me are the people who leave against medical advice, um, and take their pets home. You get like a message the next day that that pet died overnight. And I know that that dog passed away horribly. Yeah. And that really hurts me because I know that I could have helped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to completely shift the lens <laughs> because while I think you, those are great answers, it's sending me down a thought road that I don't want to visit right now. Um, I miss my, I miss my biscuit. I'm going to go hug Teddy when I'm off here. Um, you're in Minneapolis now. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so I guess let's, let's bring ourselves current and, and what are you, what are you doing now? Um, I mean, I know, but tell our listeners, Kent. So I actually took, uh, well, okay. So after school, um, I moved out to St. Joe and I got a job working at an emergency clinic. It's hard hours, but it makes you like a really good doctor really quickly because you see a lot and, I learned a ton. I am forever grateful for my experience there, but I met the uh, former owner of low cost bay neuter clinic uh, called animal birth control, ABC clinic in South Bend. She was married to another vet, Don Kreider, who owned Kreider veterinary and they needed another veterinarian. Strangely, one of my classmates from my time at Purdue worked there already so she reached out to me on facebook and was like hey i heard you're in the area um would you be willing to meet with my bosses and i was like yeah um and they made me a offer for more money better benefits and i went back to my um emergency boss and was like would you be willing to match this and she was like absolutely not and i was like okay okay bye it was better yeah i was like okay like then i kind of have to take it um because i mean even just like better hours like you know not working overnights or all day saturday oh yeah yeah like in at the emergency room i only worked four days a week but i you know was doing like as far as hours, like way more hours than most people. Yeah. Like sometimes I left there at like three or four in the morning after getting there at eight a.m. Um, so I mean, and people wonder why burnout rate in vet med is high. But during the pandemic, uh, well, we lost um, like seven thousand vets during Corona, and just like 11... to retirement and whatever else retirement to the actual pandemic um and a lot just left the field to be quite honest um and so like vet med since the pandemic has been slammed um and uh i really just felt like i didn't fit the culture at Kreider anymore um so i started looking for a new job um and got one at a place called lakeland animal care in south bend but at that same time, went through my messy breakup and, you know, uh, St. Joe's like a really small town. Yeah. Everyone knew like, and I mean, I'm as open about my breakup as anyone. I'm as open about everything. Well, you like, mentioned, let me ask you on that note then, cause you've said this a few times. Why, why, why messy? Why do you call it messy? My I mean, this is just my take on things like uh, she had started a relationship with another man before telling me and then she wanted me to end things so she could feel better about it. Again, just my take. Like, I don't necessarily know that that's what's going on in our head, but we spent a lot of our last three weeks together fighting. Yeah, Um, where you like are essentially trying to just push the person out, whether it be subconsciously or consciously. And yeah. So you don't have to be the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And yeah, it was that her exact intent. Yes. No, maybe I do not know. Yeah. Um, I can't read her head or read her head. Can't read her head either. <laughs> Phrenology is not a real thing. Um, <laughs> as far as that goes, like that's how it felt from my perspective. All right. So it was just time to go then. 
yeah. yeah. Well, and I just like it was nice to get a new start, but For like sure. uh Vetco Total Care reached out to me on LinkedIn of all places. <laughs> and and like a lot of people when you're a doctor like i could have another job tomorrow if i really wanted like it's really not hard to find vet jobs like everyone is constantly hiring so like i get recruiting emails i get uh people reaching out on linkedin all the time but like my dad says always take the meeting uh sometime around there i had kind of started dating uh a friend from vet school and she lived out in Minnesota and coincidentally uh, the vet co was telling me that their job was in Minneapolis and or it's actually in Chaska, but um, so I was just like, I talked to my partner about it and was like, Hey, like if I took a job, moving closer like would you be okay with that like and she's like yeah absolutely um but uh yeah as far as that goes that but yeah like oh wait let me back up so my dad always says take the meeting so like they offered me just like more money than i'd ever be making better benefits um and like i would get to run my own hospital um like the way that i want to do it i'm what's they call the hospital medical lead um so like i get to make uh the agenda for the hospital and kind of like set priorities about how we want to practice medicine um and that was i mean don't get me wrong the money is nice but like that was kind of the most intriguing thing to me oh i bet yeah really good job offer um so i moved up here around mid this right after christmas actually okay went back to me every so many months moving or so many years going back to my parents house between uh october 2022 and december 2022 i was housed at my parents yeah (laughs) love it i'm also upset about that because that's fucking seven minutes down the road for me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, you live right by my parents. <laughs> I I actually had no idea you were even still in Clarkson. You son of a bitch. It's yeah, all, but I mean, so things are going great at the hospital too, though. Like, uh, we're we are short staffed, but all of vet med is short staffed still. We haven't recovered from like the loss of oh, yeah. veterinarians. Yeah, I mean, think about it. If all, um. 29 vet schools pump out a hundred veterinarians every year. Like, but you know, there's still a lot of people retiring. There's still a lot of people just like burnt out. Cause I mean, back to the, the question that you had asked earlier, like that takes a toll on you, even though it's like, you know, something that I find personally rewarding, it still takes a piece of your soul every time. Like, and not everyone sits there and goes like i there's a bright side to this yeah like and it's i mean it's difficult to do that even do you have any sort of like meditation practice or anything that you do to kind of come back (laughs) fuck you (laughs) it is well it's like uh there um Don Kreider always used to say, when you open a door, it's showtime, like open an exam room door, you know? Uh, And uh, like, that's kind of true. So sometimes I feel like uh, after I leave a youth, um, if I'm, uh, you know, I have to suck it in and then like put on a smile for that. I guess I meant like at home, like a decompression sort of like mindfulness practice at all. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I could probably try that. That'd be good. Did I not mention anything you want to talk about? Because I have run the gamut on things. Coming soon to the Facebooks, you'll have our rebranded dog treats with me and Jeremy Williams. Yes. We're getting production rolling soon. We just are waiting on our our new uh, logo currently. They will be called Barks by... uh, by all good treats so nice well if uh something changes and i'm able to get out there this year i'll let you know yeah let me know 
because it'd be good to hang out. All right, bye, buddy. Bye. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right, you just listened to my interview with Kent Martin. I <laughs> this interview was twice as long as you guys heard because we went off on so many tangents, and I just I have to publicly thank Kent again. Like he's been so helpful. You know, you have friends that are like doctors, right? And you text them like, "Hey, what's this rash?" <laughs> or whatever that fucking looks like, um, and you know, Kent has I'm sure just this slew of friends that will message him and be like, Oh, my dog's acting this way. And I'm sure most of his responses are like, then take them to the vet. Cause you know, generally speaking, what can you do? <laughs> um, but he, he definitely put up with a lot of my questions back when biscuits, who some of you might know my old cat was not doing great. And that's why I had to change the subject when we were talking about um, putting animals down because that's still a tough one for me to think about um there's just you know some moments and images just kind of glued into my brain and that's that's for processing at another time uh we only have four episodes left of this season and then the summer series starts it's crazy it's crazy <laughs> it's just it's nutty and i'm halfway through grad school and i'm 40 um and I owe a lot of what's going on in my life to this show. So thank you all, every last one of you. And I'm, I'll talk to you soon. And I'll tell you, hey, if you live in Michigan, head on out to the uh, Michigan Antiques Festival. This is uh, May 6th and 7th. Springfield Oaks in Davisburg. I will have a booth set up selling all sorts of random crap and old pop culture crap and crappity crap crap, but actually not crap. It's all good. I will maybe see you there. Otherwise, I'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Love you. Bye bye.